You ever hit one of those seasons where you feel like everything is a test? That's what we're going to talk to, about today is that question, is this a test? In James 1, 12 to 18 is going to be the scripture that we look at because it actually talks about that. It talks about that very concept. So let me read through that scripture and then we're going to tear it apart and dive in and talk about that question, is this a test? So again, James 1, 12 to 18, if your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. When you are tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me, for God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions, and when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So, my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness, and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word, so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favored ones out of all his creation. Okay, so back to is this a test? You know, sometimes I feel like Aaron Cross, you know, he's in the movie The Bourne Legacy. And periodically through that movie when he's uncomfortable with something or or he wonders if he's being tested, he doesn't quite get something he asked that question, is this a test? And there's always that look on his face of some confusion, some hesitancy. You know, so again, that question, is this a test? So let's dive into James 1.12. It says again, if your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. So here's my question. How much time do you spend? How much time do I spend? How much time does Aaron Cross spend in The Born Legacy trying to figure out if we're in the middle of a test? You know, it's actually a focus issue because where we focus is going to determine how we respond to that question. You know, another issue that plays into this whole question, this whole, is this a test, is patience. Now, remember, patience is a fruit of the Spirit as often as we don't want to pray for it because we're afraid of what God will do to help us build patience. But the truth is, it is a fruit of the Spirit. So it's a gift from God. It's something that develops in us as we mature. You see, for the believer, patience, like standing, it's not passive. It's actually very, very active. You see, it's a confident expectation that God is going to come through, period. End of story. God's going to come through. I can have patience. I can wait in confident expectation because my God is faithful and his promises that he's going to come true. This actually ties in with the same concept of, as hope. And we've talked about that before. You know, just a reminder from a worldly perspective, hope is wishful thinking. It's, I hope I get the job. I hope I meet somebody. I hope I get to go on vacation. I hope I have enough money. However, when we talk about hope from a kingdom perspective, then it's backed by the faithfulness of God. Therefore, because God is always faithful, it means that that hope has a very firm foundation and it can't be swayed. It is rock solid. So when we couple that with patience, 
this is this is the concept. I can wait or I can have patience for something better if I have the confidence, the steadfast assurance that it will actually come to pass. You see, when our patience is centered on God, there is a huge difference. Why? Because the foundation is different. You see, when we are impatient, there's another danger zone, and that's where temptation comes in. When we get impatient, if you're anything like me, you know, we try to work things out on our own. We try to figure it out. And granted, we certainly have a part to play in that process. But in that part that we play, it's really important that we make sure that we're partnering with God in his way, in his time, and not trying to make it happen in our own time or our own way. For example, let me just share this one with you. It's one I've encountered over and over. Let's say somebody needs a job. And they've been praying for a job, and they've been praying for a job, and they've been praying for a job, but no job. I'm going to go step back and ask them if they've been applying for a job. If they've been spreading the word, they're looking for a job. Often I've had people tell me, well, I'm just waiting for God to provide. Okay, God will provide that job, but you may need to partner with him and go out and actually put in the applications. And maybe even for some jobs that aren't your first choice, but that job can become a bridge for what you've been praying for. We have to trust God to work in the midst of the situation. So again, I'll ask them, are they applying for a job? Are they spreading the word that they need a job? trust the Holy Spirit to give them wisdom and discernment and to open the right door. In other words, we trust God will provide the job, but we do have to fill out those darn applications. So if we're asking if this is a test rather than trusting God to guide us in our steps and our missteps, that's often what we're doing. Verses 13 and 14 say, and when you are tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. So with that said, as we look at that, that, uh, those two verses, we absolutely have to bring our thoughts into submission to Jesus Christ. Or if we don't, what happens is they drag us into t- temptation. They drag us into evil. And so we have to resist that desire to save ourselves also by blaming somebody else. You know, when we talk about, you know, go back to verse 14, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. In other words, we can, we have to take responsibility. We cannot afford to start playing the blame game. I mean, we see example after example after example of that in scripture where people are blaming somebody else for the issue that they're in the middle of. And, you know, just look at Adam and Eve. We still feel the impact of that blame game today, and we will until Jesus Christ returns again. But we can learn from it rather than using for as a role model or rather than using for an, as an excuse. We could say, look at the ramifications that happen when we play the blame game, when we try to shift. What if we just take responsibility and say, I'm going to step into this because I trust my God. If we go on to verses 15 and 16, it says, evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So my friends, don't be fooled by your own desires. Some translations say basically that it's our own desires that entice us and they drag us away. And the language that is used here is actually that of a hunt. Okay, so think about this. It's that idea of luring prey, you know, the unsuspecting harm, thinking everything's okay, and then striking and killing them. 
That's what evil does to us. It tries to lure us away. It tries to lure us away, our heart and our focus away from Jesus Christ. It tries to lure us away out of godly Christian accountability. It tries to lure us away out of community and into isolation. All of that is very dangerous because when we get alone, when we get isolated, or when we start to blame others, which also automatically isolates us, then we get we get killed, basically. Then the evil comes in and we get lured away. And Satan, who roams around like that prowling lion, actually has found his inroad. So all that to say that if the desires that we have that are welling up, the desires that don't align with the word of God, we need to be very diligent that we don't feed them. We need to let them starve so that they cannot grow. So we can't be fooled into thinking everything's okay. We have to be diligent. We have to be focused. We have to be aware. We have to take responsibility. We have to ask the Lord for the strength. So sometimes I feel like as we go on, there needs to be a connecting verse because we need to be reminded that's talking about evil there versus 15 and 16. Now we're going to talk about every good gift. So if we go into 17 and 18, it says, Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favored ones out of all his creation. I love that. Every gift God freely gives us. Hear that freely? We need to embrace and accept that freely. We can get so caught up in working for everything that we forget that he freely gives us these wonderful, good, and perfect gifts, and he does them with delight. And I love the word picture here. This is the Passion Translation, where it says, streaming down the from the Father of lights, who shines from the heaven. That is something, when we are walking with the Lord, there is light, there is not darkness. Light pierces through the darkness. And we have to understand that there's no hidden agenda there. He's very upfront. He wants us to be in relationship with him and to walk in him with him. So when we're constantly say, saying, is this a test? He's saying, you know what? If it's a test, I have given you everything you need to walk through it and to walk through it with victory. Because as a son or daughter of the living God, you were created. I was created for victory. We were not created for defeat. So even if we go back to James 1, verse 12 and 13, if the faith remains strong, okay, so how do we get through the test? Because we've nurtured, we've cultivated that faith so that it remains strong. And so even when the storms of life come around us, we still, even in the storms, even in the tough moments, even when we feel like we're in the middle of a test and we're confused, we still experience the blessings of God because that's who he is. And then we're told down in verse 17 that he gives us the freely, the good and the perfect. It streams down the, from the Father of lights, that there's no hidden shadow or darkness. It's never subject to change. So that means that even if it is a test, true happiness comes, back to verse 12, true happiness comes as you pass the test with faith. The key to passing the test is faith in Almighty God, in who He is, in who He's created you to be, and who He's created me to be. It's so important, and again, there's no hidden agenda. Somewhere in the back of our psyche, we tend to think God has a secret or there's hidden agenda, and He doesn't. He's full of love. He's full of mercy. He's full of redemption. And He says, let that faith grow and let it well up. Let it grow. And it goes on in verse 18, 
And it says, God was delighted to give us birth by the truth. Okay, the truth. Know the truth. The truth will set you free of his infallible word. Get to know his word. Get into the word. Get to know who he is so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favored ones out of all his creation. Do you understand that you are the favored one? Because you and I, Genesis tells us that we were created in the image of God. We're created in the image and the likeness of God. We're created to be carriers of light. We're created to be full of faith. We're created with the capacity to move mountains. We're created that demons have to flee. We're created to walk with the living God. He gave us birth by the truth of his infallible word. That truth is so vital that we would fulfill. Right now you need to say, I will fulfill. I will fulfill the destiny that God has for us, and I am his favored. It is absolutely all right to say that you're the favored one of God, because you know what? I am too. And he has many, many favorites. And actually, each one of his, of his creation is his favorite. Not only are you a son or a daughter, not only you are, are you part of the bride of Christ, not only are you dearly loved and accepted, not only are you forgiven, but you're a favored out of all his creation. So here's a thought for today as we wrap this up. In this day of modern technology, we can ask Alexa, Siri, Google for information. And you know what? In that moment, in a moment, before we know it, we will have a mass amounts of information. Okay? Before we know it, we have more information than we know what to do with. We have more information than we can sift through. We have more information. Some of it's from reliable sources and some of it's from unreliable sources. But man, do we have information. If we ask Alexa, Siri, or Google, oh, they're going to provide. Okay, we will have tons and tons of information. But let me put this out there. Information without wisdom creates confusion. Information without wisdom creates chaos. Information without wisdom can lead us away from God. Information without wisdom plays on our emotions. Information without wisdom can lead us into evil. Information without wisdom can be destructive. You see, information can inform, absolutely, and information is good. But when we have wisdom, from the very throne room of heaven, when we have, hear me, when we have wisdom that comes from the throne room of heaven, then there's the power to transform. And that power to transform hits us as individuals, it hits our families, it hits our neighborhood, it hits our communities, it hits our nation. Imagine, just imagine if the body of Christ tapped into the wisdom from the throne room of heaven more than they tapped into the information from Google, Siri, or Alexa. Think of the difference that would be made if we tapped into the massive amounts of wisdom that come from the throne room of heaven, rather than we, what we understand here in the realm of the sphere of the earth. You see, remember, we are created, we are the citizens of heaven. If you take out your passport, if you have a passport, it's going to say your country on it. But you know, in the spiritual realm, where you belong, is you're a citizen of heaven. So that mindset gives us access to a whole different realm than what Siri, Alexa, or Google can actually give us.
because we need that which comes, which is solid, which comes from the kingdom of heaven, which can be trusted. Because again, how do we pass that test when we're asking, is this a test? You know, I, I'm thinking it doesn't really matter if it's a test or not. Because if our faith is strong, even when things are going wrong around us, there's still the blessings of God. And we have the ability within us, we have that mustard seed of faith that we can pass the test and receive the crown that's promised to every single son and daughter of the living God. So I just want to bless you today to know that you have within you the God-given ability to pass the test of anything that comes at you. And the question is, is, not a, is it or is it not a test? That's not where we focus. Our focus is on being in relationship with the living God, of growing in that relationship, of, of cultivating the faith and letting it grow, of learning to discern his voice, because all of that gives us everything we need to pass the test.